Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. from Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 14 and it says for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled upright and godly while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ He it is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. This is the word of God for the people of God. All right. I feel like we're off to a good start here. All right. So I got my son's permission to uh, to do this, to show you this. I I try not to tell things that might be mildly embarrassing without at least giving him a heads up. So when... um, all during Luke's young life, uh, the church that I served had a preschool. So, of course, you know, on-site daycare. Yeah, he was in. So at about age three, they were doing the nativity scene, and they gave the kids a background of a nativity. There you go. You're good. You're fine. He's like, just carry on. I'm not here. So they, uh, they gave the kids this background, and then they got to put stickers on, you know, the, the, the cow, and here's the manger, and here's all of this. Well, um, when I went to go pick Luke's up, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, right? So I was looking at it, and I'm going, what in the world? He's got, I think he thought the sheep were clouds. They're kind of fluffy. They're kind of just hanging out up in the sky. And I'm like, this is special, you know. But then again, I'm used to this. I have been around him since birth. And um, then he had put, I noticed that he stuck Mary way off on the side. Mary doesn't get to come to her own birth, apparently, and I can't do that. Um, So he stuck her out to the side. And then the weirdest thing, of course, is at the top of the creche, right? And I'm, first of all, that's physically impossible. I don't know what's going on there. Um, And I was looking at it, and I sat down with my three-year-old, and I said, let's talk about this nativity. Um... What, what is going on? Why is there a cow at the top of the nativity? And Luke said to me, because when people see baby Jesus, they should say, holy cow. <laughs> and that's when I knew I was in trouble. He later followed that up with asking me one day why Jesus was not crucified on a star. And I said, why would he be crucified on a star? And he said, because it would look cooler. (laughs) And I was like, touche. True, it would look cooler. But, you know, the kids have this understanding about this excitement about being Christians, right? That, That Christmas is about joy and this expectation and this just erupting excitement, right? And Scripture knows this. Scripture understands this. It calls it zealousness. Have you ever known a boring zealot? No, those people are exciting. They get in a lot of trouble and they have long legal records, but they are fun, exciting people. And Jesus even had one, right? He had a zealot with him. 
You always need somebody to keep the group going. And so Jesus knew this, and he knew that there was something about excitement, that people want to be where things are happening, where things are exciting. And so years later, when Titus is written, when the letter of Titus is written, and it tells us that God has appeared to us and is bringing us the ability to be self-controlled, upright, and godly, and most of us are going, okay. When God tells us this, God is also telling us that in the midst of this, that God has created for God's self a people who are gods, and they are zealous for good deeds. That we're not just obliged for good deeds. We're not just, you know, all right, we're going to do them. But instead that we are passionate. We are excited. We want to do things with joy. You know, it's one thing to have to do something. It's another to have a good time while you do it. And I believe with all that I am that God expects us as disciples to have a good time. That's why fellowship is part of the church, because we're supposed to be having a good time. You know, you're not supposed to come in here and sit all morose and like, oh, yay, God is so good. Nobody wants to worship like that, right? Nobody wants to worship like that. Why do you think that they actually have receptions after funerals so that people can cheer each other up? Right? This is why these things exist in the life of the church, because we're expected to have a good time. And I don't want to do this if we're not going to have a good time. I've been telling you all that for weeks. If we're going to come here and worship on Christmas Day, we're going to have a good time. We're not going to come in here and be bored. I don't want to be bored. These kids don't want to be bored. And you parents don't want them bored, because we all know what happens when that goes on. We don't want boredom, right? We want to have a good time. We want to celebrate. And this joy that we have at Christmas, this is what we're supposed to be holding on to. This is supposed to fuel us. And some of you are going, look, I've been in the church long enough to know that Lent's coming up. Yes, Lent is coming up. But even in the midst of introspection, even in the midst of penance, we can have a good time. We can enjoy one another. We can give thanks and create memories together. We can have experiences in which we can still smile. I know that I've preached here before that even while I have been at the deathbed of someone, the family has gathered and laughed and shared. And in those moments, even in those moments where the overarching emotion is sadness, there is smiling and laughing and gratefulness. And so this is who we're called to be. And right now, it feels real close. It's, it's tangible, right? You can almost touch the happiness. Everything is fun right now. Everything is looking good. And yet, all of a sudden, we're going to lose that? We're going to pack up the decorations and out goes the fun? No. No. We have to continue this feeling. This is a gift from God. This feeling that we have. Waking up on Christmas morning, whether you're 6 or 66 or 106, that feeling that you have of waking up when you have this excitement and this looking forward, this is part of who we are. We're a people that are constantly looking forward. We're not supposed to be so bogged down and depressed that people go, wow, you know, I'm having too much fun in my life. I probably should go to church. That's not what's supposed to happen. In fact, Scripture tells us that Jesus and his disciples had so much fun that people thought they had to be bigger sinners than the people they were saving. They can't possibly be good. They have too much fun. I mean, that's literally what they were saying. At one point, they were talking about John the Baptist, and Jesus said, look, it doesn't matter. He came and was completely pure, 
from your Levitical standards and you didn't believe him and here I am eating and drinking with sinners and you don't believe me. So what do you want me to say? We are human beings and we want to have a good time because I believe that God created us to enjoy. You know, the angels didn't appear that night to the shepherds and we're like, we're going to sing a dirge. Everybody hold on. That's not what happened. They sang a big song. Last night at 3 o'clock, if you were here, the kids completely spontaneously erupted into happy birthday for Jesus. And I just let it roll. Because first of all, there were like 60 of them. It was a small mob. And second of all, why would you stop that? Why would you stop that? I want them up here. Then at one of the later services, this little girl came up. We're doing a reading. It was 5 o'clock. Because poor Andrew Symes trying to get through his reading. And this little girl came out. She just sat right down here. She had a, she had a pacifier. She was just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she's watching the family. They're all like, <laughs> And then she'd look over at me and I'd be like, she's like, I'm going to sit right here. And then when they were done, she was like, all right, I'm good. She just walked right back. She's like, I'm good now. Now, I have clergy colleagues that would have had an aneurysm watching that happen. Oh, there's a kid in the chancel. First of all, we're all here because there's a kid in the chancel. One. And two, she's not hurting anything. What is she going to hurt? She's being quiet. I said, I got adults that can't sit quiet in the chancel. No offense, choir. No offense. Sometimes you're like in the middle of something too, and they're like, la, 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 la. At least it's sing-songy when they do it. No, we want people to enjoy themselves, and kids are part of life. I'd rather have you here than have you stuck somewhere. I want the kids here. This is your church too. That's why we're having a birthday party, because y'all get birthday, right? Raise your hand if you like your own birthday party, right? Oh, kids are like, yes. Yes, right? We love our birthday parties, right? Why not? Why not? And so I want us to commit to finding the fun and bringing it here, right? I want us to commit to that. I'm committed to bringing fun to you, obviously. I mean, my sweater is amazing, but anyway. Obviously, I want us to have a good time. I have colleagues that are going to tell me this is not appropriate. You're not appointed here. I'm fine. We're good. <laughs> this is not right. My kid's wearing a shirt that has three raptors dressed as the three wise men. I gave it to him. All right? You know, because we're going to have a little fun. We don't have to be morose. We can enjoy this. And you know what? It's not like my kid doesn't know that the, the magi weren't raptors. You know that, right? <laughs> Just <laughs> checking. Just checking. No, we're going to have fun. And we're getting ready to move into a new calendar year. Technically, the church liturgical year starts in Advent. So we're already beginning our new year. But we all know that the secular calendar is getting ready to roll over into a new year. And I want us to make a resolution here today in the name of Jesus Christ that we are going to commit to having fun in the new year. We're going to look for times to gather and enjoy one another. We're going to strive to bring this kind of joy and excitement into our worship. We're going to let our faces smile. 
We're going to enjoy being around one another, even when we're driving each other crazy. We're going to find something redemptive, right? I got to tell you, at one point last night, now I'm going to preface this by admitting that I'm an extreme extrovert. I'm going to preface it. Linda is not. So (laughs) after the three o'clock service got over and I had to wait for five o'clock, I'm like, we got to do something about these lags. I was like, we we need to add like another service in. And Linda's like, no. (laughs) And even Kelly, our administrative assistant, was like, Sarah, no. In a much nicer way. Linda just shot me down. But you know what? Like, this is, the, this is what we're here for. Well, I'm here because I enjoy you. I'm not here because, you know, I can afford a Porsche. One of the kids had a Porsche. God, I love you. That was a nice-looking car. I'm not doing this for that. I'm doing this because I enjoy serving God's people. And I enjoy worship. We had four completely different worship services last night. Four completely different worship services. And that's a lot of work. I cut out 200 props for three o'clock i told clifton he couldn't eat for two days because every surface in the kitchen was covered with glue (laughs) and i did it because i love y'all i love you yeah i love you all whether you're a church member or not i still love you and my love compared to god stinks i'm sorry it does god's love is so much better but I want to love you more. I want to love you better. And I want you to love each other more. I want you to love each other better. And so that's what we're going to do in the new year. We're going to love more. We're going to love better. You know, I don't know if you were with us last night at one of our worship services, but we announced that the pledge drive that we had started in August in response to the youth that had gone to Belize and learned about the, the um, student Dominga, we actually showed a video with Dominga in it. She said my name. We showed a video with Dominga in it, and she thanked us because we had raised the money for Dominga. Dominga is going to go to high school. And we had actually been so fruitful that we had raised enough for not only Dominga, but an entire scholarship over that. We raised enough, and we were able to send a boy named Manuel also. Two youth in Belize will now have their lives radically changed because they're going to be able to go to high school. They're going to be able to consider going to college. They're not going to have to leave their educational system and go out into the workforce and be stuck in that for the rest of their lives. Their lives are going to be changed. And I also offered you an opportunity in our offering. Our hope and our prayer as the leaders of the church was that we would take in enough Christmas Eve offering that we would be able to send two local children from Crozet to our preschool for the entire year. We're going to cover the cost of their tuition for an entire year. And it costs about $3,000 to do that. We're close. So you're talking $6,000. We're probably somewhere around $1,500 away from radically changing two lives in this community. I mean, uh, some of these children I know from our preschool, right? How many of you ever went to preschool? How many of you guys ever went to preschool? Did it make a difference? Did it make a difference in your lives? Right? It now makes a difference. (laughs) My kid's like, no, don't listen to him. It does. It makes a difference in lives. And you know what? If nothing else, if it doesn't teach them how to read earlier, if it doesn't sharpen their skills, if it doesn't teach them how to socialize, which I'm telling you it does, but if it didn't, it lets those kids be loved by the church. It lets children come into the realm of our building 
come in contact with us. I get up there every Monday through Thursday and greet our kids as they come. I offer them chapel every Monday and Tuesday. I introduce them to Claudius just like I did our kids in worship. And they come in contact with Christians. And that changes lives. Coming into contact with Christians changes lives. And that's what we want to do. We want to start with two. We're going to start with two. We're going to change two children's lives. Two four- or five-year-olds that have no idea. We're going to change their lives. And we're going to do that because Christ came over 2,000 years ago and changed ours. That's why we're going to do this. And we're not going to stop there, but this is a start. We're going to start there. And we're going to have a good time. And we're going to love on those kids. And we're going to love on their families. And people are going to start to say, I don't know what's going on over there, but those Jesus people, they got something weird going on. And at least we should go see. Right? And that's what we want. We want people to say that the people of Crozet are people of God's own. And they are zealous for good deeds. We are zealous people. Zealous for the Lord. Paul defined himself as one who was zealous for the law. And then he became zealous for Christ. And he changed the face of Christianity for all time. I don't know that we're going to change the face of Christianity for all time. But I guarantee you that we can change the face of Crozet. We can do it. And I think we are. I have great hope and faith in you. If Christmas Eve can be as impactful for somebody who is trained and had been doing this for a decade and grew up in the church, if you can change my life that much in one night, what are you going to do to this community? What are you going to do? We're going to set it on fire. Oh, I'm so excited for Pentecost. Fire! I was an acolyte. I was an acolyte. We're going to set it on fire. No, I'm sorry. We're not going to set it on fire. God's going to set it on fire through us. Let me just get that straight. God's going to do it. We just get to be the ignition. We're going to set it on fire with God. So thank you for your presence, for your passion. For those of you who are already zealous and for those of you who are thinking, I don't know, you can be. We're going to do it. All right. Can I offer you a Christmas blessing? Lord, for these, your beloved children, for all those who are gathered here who have taken time and set apart this space to come here into your home and bask in your presence, rekindle in us the flame that Christ brought into the world over two millennia ago. Help us to remember that the gift that we received in Jesus is being given now to this world through us, that we are vessels of Christ. Help us to embrace that and encourage it enjoy it and find excitement in it. Be with us as we are here. Go with us as we leave and change our lives that the world may be changed. For all that you have done, your people say, Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.